Hey, welcome to 49ers After Dark. That's Jesse Naylor. I'm 49ers2cmerch.com. That's my name. You should check me out. Uh, I'm just getting started. The Niners had their final practice before preseason game. We're going to talk about that, the upcoming game at some point. We're going to talk about Lance and his low completion percentage and why it is low. But first, we're going to talk about something Kyle Shanahan said on the I Am Athlete podcast. If you don't know what that is, that's the podcast with um, Brendan Marshall. It's a podcast with Brendan Marshall and Pac-Man Jones. It's the podcast that uh, Martellus Bennett went on and called Jimmy Garoppolo a, a bitch. Sorry, but that was, I'm quoting. Uh, and then Julian Edelman went on that podcast and said, I can see why Mar Marty would say that. So now Kyle went on that podcast. Tell the people, tell the good people watching what he said. First of all, let's address the name change. 49ersqcmerch.com. Is that like yeah. Meta World Peace? Yes, exactly. It's one okay. name. I have no last name. It's just 49ersqcmerch.com. That's it. Kinda I feel like, like everybody big has only one name. That's right. You've made it. But now it's but it's got a dot com too. I think that's kind of next level. Oh, that's, that's a good point. Very, Please very say good the point. Dot com. Yeah, no, that's that's very important. Yeah. So he was on I Am Athlete, which as you know, those guys were there at training camp last week asking questions. Um, I don't know if you got to talk to them at all or what have you, but they had him on the, on their podcast, and he finally spilled the beans that he was between Lance and Mac Jones basically the whole time. Those were the two. Now, you know, I, I think that I, I think that we talked about this a lot, right? And we've kind of gone back and forth as far as what our opinions are and who he really wanted. Ultimately, he did land on Lance as a 49er fan. Thank God for that. But it, Mac Jones was the other guy. It was never Justin Fields, which is kind of interesting to hear because I know that 49er fans for a long time were pushing that Justin Fields to San Francisco um, narrative. So it, it's interesting to hear finally that those were the guys that he was between. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that he said that. Um, but at the same time, like, why? Why? Is he talking about this? Like he's been asked this question a million times and all of a sudden Brandon Marshall asks it and he melts. Right. I understand why he didn't answer the question for a long time. It's like, who cares? It's in the past and you pick Trey Lance. So ultimately it doesn't matter how you got there. And what you need to do is pull your, put your full support behind Trey Lance. So when, when Kyle like gives this insight, is he doing what's best for the organization or is he acting in his own self-interest? I would argue it's the second one. Because who cares? Like all of it's all you're really saying is, yeah, I like Mac Jones too. And I'm, you know, I had a tough decision on my hands. I had to flip a coin. I don't know. It was tough. Like really what Trey Lance and the whole Niners organization wants you to say is Trey Lance is the guy. I love Trey Lance. I mean, you can say I like Mac Jones too, but what you say is I love Trey Lance. Uh, my favorite quarterback I evaluated. Why can't he do that? That's what Jim Harbaugh did, and I don't even think he meant it half the time, but he understood as a former quarterback that that's what quarterbacks need. Yeah, what do you what do you have to gain? Here's here's the exact quote, just to be fair. There were two guys that I really wanted, Mac and Trey. They were the two guys that we were locked in on from the beginning. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. I mean, you're right. You I mean, your, you why? can't make up your mind on Jimmy Garoppolo. He's still here. Now you're telling people that it was like, oh, you're going back, Trey, Matt, Trey. Like, not inspiring confidence in Trey, bro. Bro. Yeah, these are, again, these are the little things, right? And and I'm big on the little things, and especially when it comes to leadership. And this is, 
this is that area, Kyle, where I really felt like you made a lot of strides last year, but this is a total regression. Like, why now? Now is not the time. You lie through your teeth. I I get you go on these podcasts and they're all about being honest and you're chilling with your boys and whatever. You have nothing to gain from saying that, even if it's the truth, which obviously it is. Even if it's the truth, you have nothing to gain. Literally nothing. All, all you're doing is alienating your quarterback right now at this moment when he's about to take over your team permanently. I mean, he gets the reputation as being the number one offensive coach in the league, but he's never developed a young quarterback. And this is the kind of stuff we're looking at. I'm not, I'm not saying he can't develop Trey or he hasn't or won't, but we don't know yet. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, is this the way to boost the confidence of a 22-year-old first-year starter? Probably not. Probably not. And again, Kyle's never played the position and his whole thing throughout his whole career has been keeping it real with vets. He was 29 and they, uh, he got Donovan McNabb in Washington and was just apparently just eviscerate him in meetings. And McNabb was like, you can't talk to me that way. And Kyle's like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. So can he actually talk a different way, help a quarterback? Because I don't know. I mean, I think his style was good for Matt Ryan. Is it good for a 22-year-old? For, we'll see. I'm not saying it's not, but dude, Kyle, how tone deaf can you be? Well, even Matt Ryan had to pull him aside after that first season together. And, but yeah. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan had that autonomy to do so. Matt yeah. Ryan was a leader. He was established in the league. And Shanahan, although was established, he, he wasn't quite Shanahan yet, right? He hadn't built right. that fully yet. And so he pulled him aside and was like, listen, this relationship is not working. We need to change things up. I need to have input. That's the way it's got to be going forward. They, you know, they agreed over drinks and then they had the magical season. But Trey Lance is certainly not at that point in his career where you can have those conversations. Jimmy, I believe, was always too passive to have those conversations. And I think that Shanahan will steamroll you if you're not willing to have those conversations. There's also another thing with Kyle. He's always kind of distancing himself from his own quarterback. And he's been doing it for 10 years. He never was all in with RG3. I mean, he made that clear. I want Kirk. The ownership forced me to have RG3. Then he gets to the Niners and is real clear. I didn't really want Jimmy Garoppolo. I wanted Kirk. But you know what? I'll, I'll do the best I can because I'm great. But this isn't the guy I want. Now it's like, okay, you got the guy you want. Great. No more excuses. And he's like, well, actually, I also wanted Mac Jones. But and that, that, that like opens the door to conspiracy theories. Well, then how did Jed land on Trey Lance? Did Jed tell you you couldn't take Mac Jones? Remember, there was a lot of pressure from the fan base, from the from the from everyone. You better not take Mac Jones. Who who blinked? A lot of Kyle supporters can say, "Well, it wasn't Kyle? It wasn't Kyle? Kyle liked Mac, but I don't. But we'll never know." And he's creating the doubt, and I don't like it, man. What you should be doing is ending the doubt, end the doubt for Trey's sake, for everyone's sake. The, the narrative is wide open again, right? Now now we can go back and play the what-ifs. Well, he was frustrated on that Monday press conference that he wasn't even supposed to show up to, and everybody was reporting it was Mac Jones, and what if, what if, what if? And and there's again, there's just no reason for it. There's no winning in this. I, I, I do. I appreciate his honesty. I, I do. I love to hear real things, and he's always one of those guys that's really, really honest with the media, almost to a fault, and – this is one of those times, man. It's like, this is not it, Kyle. Like, this is the worst timing for something like this. If you had said this last year, that had been one thing. You could have gotten over it. Trey's our guy, whatever. But you're doing this right before he's about to take over the team. I don't like it. And again, like, he's been asked this question hundreds of times, and he never answered it. 
Brandon Marshall ass, like his his dad's former player, and all of a sudden Kyle's starstruck. Like in the group press conference, Brandon Marshall asked him, like, what's your go-to play call on third and long against quarters? If I asked that question, Kyle wouldn't answer specifically. I mean, he, he just laid out an entire play call for Brandon Marshall. So it's like, and he did the same thing on the podcast with Sean McVay. Sean McVay was like, oh, I was a little surprised you went with the Trey Lance there. Uh, he was like, well, yeah, I kind of wanted Matthew Stafford, but you beat me to the punch <laughs> on that. It's like, thanks, Kyle. Like, you would never say that to us. Can you, yeah. can you rate it in a little bit? I'm sure. The- <laughs> You know, the Niners are like, oh, we didn't prep you to say that. What? Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, end of the day, though, you know, I think most 49er fans are are happy with Lance. And I don't know. I, it's interesting because this conversation came up earlier between some friends and I, and it was before this Mac Jones thing came out. But we were talking about areas that Trey is possibly going to struggle, and somebody had brought up man coverage. And for me, I actually think he's going to really benefit in man coverage because when those corners turn their back, he has that second gear. He can take off and run to where Mac Jones, when you look at Mac Jones last year, he was around 50% completion in man coverage. And zone coverage, he was in the mid-70s. But that's because he can't run. He just has to throw into tight coverage. Trey Lance has that extra thing about him, and and that's where – that's where Shanahan made the right decision is he has that extra thing that Mac's just never going to have in his game. No, he definitely made the right decision, but Trey isn't going to become the next Josh Allen if Kyle isn't 100% invested. I think I think you need a coach to be 100% invested. And uh, we all assume Kyle is, but we don't know. And stuff like this makes me wonder. So, Kyle, stop saying stuff like this. Start, start doing things that reassure Trey and your fan base because Jimmy's there at practice. Mac Jones is, is, is coming out of your mouth. Why don't you just – Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Grant, is hedging, hedge city. I think you just said something really important, right? Yeah. You came up with a possible narrative that he's not all in on Trey. Now, coming up with that narrative out of the blue, you'd sound crazy. But now he's left the door open for a narrative like that to be brought to the public. And that's there's a million people on Twitter that are gonna looking to pounce all over something like that. I don't need to say names. For sure. The mech. Says Niners after dark. It's at least it's dark where I live. It's extremely dark in Oakland right now. No, it's not. But it's it darks a mind state. It's a state of mind. It's Niners after right, dark right. is the best. Just like Trey Lance. Thank you, Niners, Daddy. One more. El Penguin says when Niners first drafted Lance, I was relieved that they didn't start him. Had PTSD from the Smith years versus Rogers. You've helped me realize game reps count. Should have played the kid. Hashtag should have played the kid. That's a shirt. That is like a shirt. There. That's yeah. We need that one. All right, let's get into something I've really been thinking a lot about. Trey Lance's low completion percentage. People just plop it down on Twitter and say, boom, it's not good enough. Jimmy Garoppolo is better. Let's talk about why Trey Lance's completion percentage is low. I mean, obviously, we've seen Jimmy. He throws a lot of passes behind the line of scrimmage. A lot. That's why his completion percentage is. He's not a particularly accurate quarterback. He throws a nice screen pass. He throws a nice swing pass. I'll give him credit for that. I mean, that's what he does. Uh, Trey Lance less so. So what I think you saw last year is while Jimmy completed 68% of his passes and Trey completed 57, their yards per attempt was the same. Mm-hmm. Okay? Completion percentage doesn't really matter. Yards per attempt is more important. Completion percentage is measuring accuracy of the throw, but also openness of the receiver and his ability to catch it. Three things. Okay? And so I wanted to look like isolate some variables because – 
it seems to me that some of the receivers he's throwing to are getting open more than others. So I just went through my notes. I keep good notes. And I got targets and, and completions to six different receivers. Okay. This is important. So let's start with, let's start with Ayuk. Okay. Ayuk is leading the team in targets. 37 by far, 10 more than anyone else. Having what Kyle Shanahan said is a MVP type camp. 22 at 37, 59%. And that's a guy who's kicking ass. And it's not because, you know, Trey's missing left and right. It's like, man, these corners are really good. So Ayuk is working his ass off just to barely crack 60, almost approach 60%. Debo, 9 of 17, 52%. He's not quite in regular season form yet. We'll talk about him in a minute. Jennings, 8 of 16. Not great. Ray Ray, 5 of 12. Then it gets good. Elijah Mitchell, 7 of 11. Kyle Juszczyk, 7 of 10. George Kittle, 19 to 27, 70%. So here's what I'm saying. If Lance can hit Kittle 70% of the time, maybe that means that Lance isn't particularly inaccurate. If he were inaccurate, he wouldn't be hitting anyone 70% of the time. And these throws to Kittle aren't in the flat. They're at all three levels of the field. So to me, what I'm seeing is, you know, a wide receivers getting their asses kicked in camp. Wide receivers who are getting clamped up, uh, except for Ayuk, who's winning sort of late in the down. That's not on the quarterback. And that's why I feel like if Jimmy Garoppolo in these practices, his, his completion percentage, it might be a little bit higher because his of his sheer commitment to check the ball down. That's it. You know, this is what I picked up from those stats is the three guys that you mentioned that have a high percentage in their favor are three guys that are most likely catching the ball near the line of scrimmage. Like, yes, Kittle's running routes deeper at times. Yes. But he also is going to catch the ball near the line of scrimmage a lot more than a wide receiver would. Now, Debo can be a different story, but so far he hasn't really been a part of things. So to me, what I'm hearing you say is if Trey Lance was running the Jimmy game plan, he would be in the mid-60s himself. That's that's what I'm hearing you say. And what's really happening is, is he's throwing downfield a lot. He's yeah. taking a lot of chances and he's throwing yeah. into tight coverage where the wide receivers just are not getting open. And not only that, we know that the drops are a plenty. I, I feel like I read a report every day, two drops today, two drops today, two drops today, every single practice. And I get drops are a part of the game, but when you are charting not real games, those drops matter. And when you've only thrown around a hundred passes and you've had double digit drops, that is significant. That's a big amount of drops. I'm more concerned about the drops than I am Trey Lance playing well this season because the drops were an issue last year as well. I just think it's interesting that when he's targeting starting tight ends and running backs, starting tight ends, starting running backs, starting fullback, he's at 70% completions, yep. as he should be. When he's targeting wide receivers, he's at like 50. And to me, like, it's it's some inaccuracy, some of the depth of target, and some of these guys being overmatched by the corners. What I'm seeing in camp is corners outplaying the wide receivers. If Debo would come around and come alive, that would really help. Uh, and the D-line outplaying the offensive line. And I'm seeing here the running backs and the tight ends outplaying the linebackers and the safeties, at least in the pass game. So it's not like, look, if Kittle was catching 50% of his targets, I'd be like, man, Lance is off. It is Lance, but not 
Kittle's having a good camp. Lance is hitting them. There's there's a connection there. Debo is not himself. Maybe he'll get there. Ayuk is doing the best he is, but he's not elite. He's good, not great. And he has a hell of a time against Mosley and Traverius Ward. To his credit, he's beating him more than he's losing. But still, 59%. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, and and to be real with you, this is this is a part of the game that I feel like Shanahan has underutilized since he's been here. When they went and made the moves that they made, even in 2017, to bring in a guy like Juszczyk, I really thought that they were going to take advantage of a lot of those tight ends and those, I mean, excuse me, the linebackers in those matchups. They just, it's never really fully materialized. And realistically, our tight ends and running back slash fullback have an advantage against every linebacking core in the league outside of maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like that's something they need to figure out and utilize, make the game easier. And it's something that they could have certainly exploited against the Rams. They chose not to. And I hope that they figure it out, get Trey some of those easy completions. Because one thing I have noticed, it sounds like Trey starts out slow in practice and he certainly has started out slow in the few games that he's played. So I get think, him into the game. Yeah. I feel like Niner fans are just hope preparing themselves for the worst. And so they hear these these bad practices and they're like, Grant, don't give me context that he's going to suck. I I don't care. I just want to remind you, like he's throwing a lot of passes to Jermichael Hasty, Trey Sermon, Tyler Croft, Malik Turner, Marcus Johnson, like guys he's not throwing to in the games. When he's in the games, he's going to be throwing to Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, Juice, Mitchell, and maybe Jennings and Ray Ray if they get their act together. But right now, like he has a legitimate good rapport with three of those dudes. Uh, four of them. Ayuk is good. And so, what I'm trying to say is the Niners' corners are really good. They're yeah. really good. Mosley's way better than he was two years ago, one year ago. Traverius Ward is really good. And Debo hasn't really stepped up yet. So, I mean, I think that kind of explains a little bit. It's not like – like in the past, the Niners would play off coverage. they play zone coverage, and they would just say, no big plays. Give up as many like short passes as you want. Now they're like, no short passes against us. Absolutely right. not. And so the Niners have to throw the ball down the field and the wide receivers aren't winning that much other than Ayuk. I don't know. Kittle is. Kittle's having a great camp. I haven't been giving him enough credit. 19 catches on 27 targets. They just have to, if they can keep Kittle healthy, Lance is going to oh. have a really good year. Kittle's going to have a really good year. Yeah. Yeah. Kittle, Kittle's going to be a big, big part of this offense this year. He really is. And now they finally can take advantage of what he, I mean, Kittle, up the seam, I think, is a nightmare for defenses. Get him one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker, it's a wrap. And yeah. now they can take advantage of those things. I'm looking forward to it. But, you know, when we when we talk about struggles real quick of training camp, Russell Wilson is struggling mightily. Nobody's worried about him. You know, you've got Mac Jones struggling. How many people are worried about him? Fields. Like, yeah. this is not an isolated incident with Trey Lance. This is a league-wide thing for the most part, outside of a few guys. Yeah, and it's like... In, you know, you're not game planning and you're throwing to all these different players when they had to move the ball period that one a couple of days ago where he was so good. He threw the Kittle three times in one drive. I don't ever do stuff like that. But yeah. in a game, if they have to win, I'm guessing they're going to do stuff like that because the Kittle lens connection is on point right now. So I'm just saying I, I have a feeling it's going to look a lot. The offense in general is passing. Running is going to look a lot better in the regular season than it will than it has in camp and it will in the preseason because, again, they're not game planning in the preseason. When they finally game plan, you're going to see like an extremely diverse run game and an extremely diverse play action package. 
Well, and, and when they are game planning, it's in those two, the mock two minute drills, right? Because yep. they're actually putting plays together yes. and stacking them. And look yep. at how good he looks in those situations. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I'm not trying to make excuses for him. Like if, if this were year four of Trey Lance, I'd be like, I don't know if they should re-sign him. That's a lot of money. But this is year one, essentially. And all he has to do is prove that he was better than the previous guy and justify, or not even better, at the same level. Because if he improves, then you've already shown you can't go anywhere with Jimmy Garoppolo. So he's like, to me, the, the, uh, the bar to judge Trey Lance is lower this year, but it ratchets up as time goes on. That's the way I look at it. For sure. A- absolutely. You're 100% right about that. But also we should clear something else up. Because a lot of people have this, their comeback to this is, why wouldn't you hold Garoppolo to the same accountability? Because we knew what Garoppolo was. We had seen that song and dance. We knew what it was. And when we saw that he was still the same guy in camp, we knew exactly what we were about to get. With Trey Lance, we have no idea. I know I'm a big Trey Lance guy. I don't know for sure if he's going to be great. I think he's going to be great, but I don't know that. If you think he's going to suck, you don't know that either. We do not know what Trey Lance is eventually going to be. So him struggling now, I'm not going to make a big deal out of the ups or the downs because I don't know what he's eventually going to be. I have no idea, and neither do you. Again, I mean, he's completing 70% of his passes at Kittle, 70% to Juice, 65% to Mitchell, 60% to Ayuk. Once Debo comes around, it seems like he's going to be completing a high percent of his throws. You know what I'm saying? I feel like yeah. just the low – all I'm saying is that the topic was the low completion percentage in camp. I think it's a little bit of a function of Jennings and Ray Ray and Croft and and Sermon and hey, you know what I'm saying? Once they yeah. get in the games, like the guys who are catching the ball actually are catching it efficiently from Lance. I don't think it's that big of a deal. We'll see. That's all I'm saying. I think also, the context shows that he's completing a high percentage of the people he needs to throw to. Here's what we don't know. Yeah. We don't know what they are trying to work on in certain situations. Today, it sounds like they were trying to throw deep right yeah. an awful lot. Like they were specifically trying to figure that out. That's not actual football. That's you practicing, which is exactly what this is. One thing I can tell you. Hold on real quick, though. On those three, it's four throws deep up the right sideline. He hit none of them. If that's all you say, bad, bad, uh, bad job, Trey Lance, right? But of the four throws, one hit Debo Samuel in the hands. He dropped it. One drew a 40-yard defensive pass interference penalty. So actually, his Accuracy percentage on the 40 throws was 50%, which is outstanding. So it's depending how you look at it. It depends on how you look at it, you know? Also, Absolutely. the 40-yard DPI, when does Jimmy Garoppolo ever get those? That's not part of the offense. You don't even have the opportunity to get those. The Niners are, are going to go from an offense that gets like five or six DP that draws five or six DPIs a year to like 10 to 12. Four, that's important. That's important. One a game as opposed to one every other game. I don't know if you caught that chart that somebody tagged you in over the weekend. A beautiful chart of every single throw that Jimmy made last season. Now, I had the individual game charts. I didn't have a full season chart. I love that chart that was thrown together. He only threw 27 passes over 20 yards last season. Only 27, and he completed 11 of 27. Trey Lance... In the two games he started through eight such passes, was on pace. If he had played 15 games, would have had 60 attempts to yeah. Jimmy's 27. Yeah. That is yeah. the difference here. And, and that's difference. why you see, like, even though the completion percentage was off by 10%, the yards per attempt was the same. 
it was right. virtually the same. And uh, I think that's a more important statistic because yeah, I just think it is. Completion well, percentage, yeah. you, could, you could goose that up by throwing backwards. Yards per Again, 10, you can't manufacture that. Completion percentage is, first of all, it's the most overrated stat in the game. Let's be clear about that. And secondly, we don't know exactly what the installs are and what they're working on. One thing I can tell you is from the little bit of film that I've seen that has come out, I'm not going to say film, but little bit of footage that's come out, I constantly, constantly see Trey going through his progressions, which is major, major improvement. He's going through every progression, it seems like, every play. And I'm not seeing a lot of wobbly passes. Like, I'm seeing improvement there, and I'm seeing touch on his throws. That's three improvements I'm seeing from short video clips that are posted every single day. Yeah, I agree. Let me tell you where I'd like you to see him uh, improve. And here's one thing he can control that can increase his completion percentage. Right. The throws behind the line of scrimmage. The throws yep. in the flat. Like, those should be 90% completion throws. And he misses them too often. And it's often like, you know, hasty in the flat. Now, hasty is about 5'9", but it's like just throwing too high over a running. Like, there's a lot of easy throws Kyle can scheme up. But if he can't have confidence that you're going to hit those 9 out of 10 times, 10 out of 10 times, he won't call them. And that's on you. And we saw that, like, in the end of the Houston game, he had a great game. And then Kyle called that screen down the right and he missed it. He came back and just lit into him. I can only imagine. Like, dude, this is the NFL. You have to hit that. And, you know, we make fun of Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. But. He gets that. And, and the Niners have really good players who can do stuff. Kittle, Juszczyk, Debo. You know, like, you got to hit that. And I, I think he can. I, I've seen him do it. I'd like him to do it at a higher, like, 7 of 11 to Mitchell. That should be 10 of 11. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I, I, he yeah. can do that. But that's a, a great place for him to focus. The tray-ups, the layups. You know, he's like a three-point <laughs> specialist. That clanks the layup, man. You got to work on on your your moves around the basket, left hand, right hand, the easy stuff. But see, that's what I also have seen a lot of you guys posting those videos. That every single day they're working on those quick passes. Yes, right before they start. And he's improving. I, he hit use check. Amazing coaching. Yeah, amazing really, coaching. It's more like it's he does a good job when he has time to like float it, but it's when he's under duress and he's off his back foot. He'll fire his check down high. You know, like you got to find a way to bring it down a little bit, even if you're throwing it hard. Uh, maybe throwing to use check instead of hasty would help because use check can extend and catch those passes. Yeah. I mean, he also has this habit where he likes to go through his full throwing motion. Yeah. And Crocker pointed this out, and I think it was a great observation. He likes to go through the whole motion, even if it's supposed to be just like a quick flick of the wrist. Like he doesn't yeah. have he doesn't have that change of pace yet. Right. So That's he's got to work on that. Yeah. To, to me, like he loves throwing down the field because he loves throwing hard. When it's time to throw the swing pass in the flat, like, no, dude, you got to not throw that hard. You know, this is just yep. a little screen. And you never – there's those certain pitchers in baseball that throw really hard, but when you they, they feel the ground ball, all of a sudden it's like, how do I get the ball to first base? I get yep. a little bit of that vibe with Trey Lance. I'm not saying he's that kind of player, but that's what we're describing and what he needs to – that's one thing he can work on. Well, and that's one thing that, I, that I've said, even when he was coming out of the draft, one area of opportunity, arm angles. Yeah. Right. He can yeah. make all the throws, but the arm talent is different than just throwing really hard. He has yeah. that down. He has the velocity, but arm angles is something Zach Wilson is really, really good at. Right. And that's an area of, yeah. an, of opportunity for Trey. It really is. Sean says on your not good, not so good today. You mentioned Debo being five to 10 pounds heavier. We're going to talk about that next. Would I be wrong in thinking coach Kyle wants Debo to keep the weight considering? He'll get, no, I no, I think you're wrong. 
I think the, the Niners list Debo at 215. They want him at 215. He was at 215 last year. Right. He was the best player in the league. He looks to me, and I, I don't know. I'm not the guy at the carnival that can guess your weight. But I knew what 215 Debo looked like. To me, he looks like 223. And running like it. And, you know, he's yeah. still got more than a month. But usually the best, best players in the league come into camp in midseason form. They don't get there. Hey, as long as he doesn't hurt himself, he should get there. But it's like, come on, man. Come on, Debo. Ike's there. Kittle's there. What? You're the best player in the team. Have some pride. Yeah, this is year four. The coach says this is unreal. A couple bad days and you're rolling out the dream team Johnny Cochran defense. Thank you. I thought I would have been a good player. I appreciate that. You can't even judge the kid without mentioning Jimmy's name. That excuse has an expiration date on it. Okay, we won't talk about Jimmy anymore, but we're going to talk about Jimmy on his own. We won't compare them anymore in the rest of today. That's fair enough. We will we will judge Trey in his own merits. Coach, thanks for the 10 bucks. I appreciate you. Put me on your tax return. Earn says, what up, Grant Jesse? What's your overall grade for Trey Lance so far in camp? That's a good question. That's a really good question. That's a you question. What do you think? How about a B? How about a B? You can't say that he's excelled. His number, you see, you know, the numbers are what they are. It's going against an, a top three defense in the league. Debo has yet to show up. I mean, he's had some days where he's gotten the best of him. He's improved. I think it's been a positive experience for him, even though he's had some days where he's gotten his freaking ass kicked. B, I don't know. What do you, based on what you're hearing, is that, what do you, is that fair? Yeah. I mean, that's, Again, I'm not there, so I don't I don't even want to pretend like I'm seeing every every single thing. But yeah, I, I would say it's probably around that area. I mean, it's certainly not an A. It's got a lot of improvement, right? And this is this is what young kids have to go through. Like these these are the times to improve. These are the times to make mistakes. So I think that's probably a fair grade. Abu Marco twenty three says, could the reason they aren't cutting Jimmy until final cuts uh be, God forbid, Trey gets injured during the preseason games or practices against our D distraction might be worth the insurance Jimmy gives. I would think so. They don't have to say it, but as long as he's here, that all that insurance stuff is on the table without being said. Yeah, if Trey gets yeah. hurt, they can be like, hey, we'll give you $27 million to be our starting quarterback. What do you say? He could say no, but then yeah. he'd lose a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Abs no, absolutely. It's, it's certainly insurance, and it's certainly to keep him from going somewhere else and having a good chance at playing. But again, like, Jimmy's not even in the meeting, so he's not really prepared to take over if something bad were to happen. They don't owe Jimmy anything. Like, they owe him nothing. No. Uh, Flav says, couldn't take Mac after the stupid trade-up. Agreed. It, look, if they had stayed at 12 and taken Mac, everyone would have been like, oh, great move. Oh, for sure. Phenomenal. Yeah. Right? 1,000%. When you go up yep. to three, that was dumb. Because the Patriots didn't do that. If he was really honest, he would say Trey isn't close to being ready but has to play him because of what they gave up. Time for Shane to deal with the mess he made. Hey, that's a fair point, Flav. I don't know if that's how Shane feels. But what Shanahan can do if he thinks Trey isn't ready, and that doesn't mean anything, but ready would be like, you know, ready to play quarterback the way Shanahan envisioned him at his peak. If he ain't ready to do that, there's other things he can do. And we're seeing that, you know, it's the it's the Lamar Jackson offense. It's the Jalen Hurts offense. And you may not want it, but if Kyle feels that that's how he has to win with Trey, he's going to do it. And if he runs Trey Lance into the ground and Lance gets hurt, Kyle will, you know, who can, Kyle, Kyle always Wash his hands of this stuff, you know? I'm sorry, but I have a feeling that Kyle is going to run this guy into the ground. And I'm, I feel bad because I don't know if that's the best way to develop a quarterback. But if he has, yeah. he has to win. He has to win. 
Ready is a relative term because it's, is he ready to the ability, like you said, that Kyle fully wants him at? No. No. But you can't get there unless you play either. So it's it really is a catch-22. Can you get there Again, you're going out there and, and throwing 15 times a game and running 15 times? You know what I'm saying? Like, if that's how they use him this year, are you really developing him or are you just making the best out of a situation for a couple, two, three years? That's, to Flav's point, I, I'm curious because I don't know where Kyle's head is right now. He's talking about Mac Jones. Makes me wonder. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna see week one to week eighteen. We better see, we better see massive improvements. That's you know, so. and that's and that's all we can ask for. Because again, like I feel like we saw what it should look like against Houston. For the idea that he's gonna somehow regress and have to be used as Tim Tebow or Jalen Hurts is wrong. But I don't know what Kyle's thinking, and I know I, I notice in these move the ball periods, third down, red zone, there's a whole lot of quarterback design runs. More I want to touch on that. I want to yeah. touch on that real quick because I said that on the, the cone phone when I called in, but I do want to reiterate it again. If the one thing that you cannot say about Trey Lance is that he's not a hard worker and he's not intelligent. Like everybody, everybody says that those two things are true about Trey Lance, even his biggest critics. So if that is the case, Trey Lance is going to get the best out of his abilities. What that is, none of us know. But what I can say is this, if you think a player with that mental capacity has somehow regressed in a seven month time span after the Texans game based off of some practices. I think that's where the mistake is being made on what people really think of Trey Lance. I think that's where people are going to be surprised because he, I promise you, he has not regressed from that point. I don't think so. Uh, J.R. Beckled says, Grant, the media can go round and round over Trey Lance, but at the end of the day, if the NFL could go back and redraft, Trey Lance is first quarterback drafted. Oh, I don't know about that. I think there's a healthy amount Lawrence. of skept- Trey Lance skepticism. He's still the invisible man. There's there's like this much evidence, This is why, which is why we overanalyze everything. Flav says, how many drops before people realize it's the gross, wobbly balls with no touch that Shant can't get behind under the reason? Well, Kittle can catch his passes. Ayuk can catch his passes. Juice can catch his passes. I mean, really, right now, it's Debo who drops everyone's passes. Jennings, I, I mean, I, look, if Kittle, couldn't, if Kittle couldn't catch Lance's passes, I'd be like, all right, fair. But he can. Debo, is the, Debo has legitimately bad hands. I'm sorry. Debo, prove me wrong. I don't know. Here's, here's what I find really ironic. Flav, and I know that you're on this side of things, just like a lot of other people are with Trey. You can't have it both ways. You cannot say that he went to NDSU, played against a bunch of milkmen, and then also in the same sentence say those milkmen had no problem catching his his passes, but these professional receivers do. That It doesn't make sense. One thing cannot, like, you know what I mean? Like, they both can't be true. So if he's playing with a bunch of scrubs and low-level talent and against a bunch of low-level talent, how come those guys never had an issue catching the football but all of a sudden these professionals do by the way grant maybe you can prove prove that wrong or maybe i'm wrong but again i don't think the wobble is as prominent as it was last year and i also think that he's figured out some of the touch that he didn't have last year so that excuse i don't think is built in anymore agree i Again, Kittle catches his passes just fine. Ayu catches his passes just fine. Debo drops everyone's passes. I, I don't think this is necessarily a, a, a wobble issue. And yeah, I'm trying to get under Debo Samuel's skin. 
I'm quality control. Debo, you just got the biggest contract the wide receiver in this franchise has ever gotten. Don't be the guy who regresses after you. Start. Don't be that guy because I know you're not that guy. I hope you're not that guy. How has Odom been doing? You know, I like Odom. Odom came into camp in tip-top shape, and he's clearly the second-best athlete among the safeties after Jimmy Ward. Way more athletic than Talanoa. And, you know, God love Tavarius Moore. He just doesn't seem to have the same speed he had before the Achilles. I could be wrong, but I, I think Odom's flying around. Like well, that's Odom. good. I mean, they, you know, they need some depth at that position. He hasn't made any plays in coverage, but he'll, like, make ta- touch tackles in the backfield. Seems like he is fast and aggressive. He stopped Debo on an end round once. Official being well, Giddy eight says, what? Well, I was going to say, it's not like these safeties were getting a lot of interceptions anyways. Like, when, yeah. have, when have they ever intercepted a lot of passes? That hasn't Never. been a thing in the past, so... Official BNA Music 88 says, just want to see new plays. SF is done with Jimmy Garoppolo because only knew about 12 after knew about twelve after four years, and Kyle had to stop calling play action with his back turned. Yeah. Only knew about 12 plays after four years. Is that what you're saying? 12 plays? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hey, man, I'm, you see a whole lot of play action now in camp. A whole lot of deep throws. It might work against a, a worse defense. I heard Trey's move the ball completion to 67%. Maybe. There's a spreadsheet out there that says it. Damn, did 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 Lombardi put that out there? Yeah, he said really? that his his move the ball was around forty something percent last year, and this is where he's made a major improvement is in the move the ball periods. Gotta love David. Mm-hmm. Hey, nice David. Um, what you talking about? Willis says Debo can afford a nutritionist now. Cut carbs, man. Yeah, carbs. I don't know what it is. Eat less. That's what I do when I try to lose. <laughs> Greg says, is there any way Trey has regressed in uh, from last year to this year, in your opinion? No. 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 I haven't. Absolutely no. not. There's no. It's no. 0% question, chance. It's a really good question because I feel like people are kind of suggesting that that is the case without saying it. So, no. Uh, DC, thank you very much. Um, Double B Studios, what's up, bros? What's up, what's up dude? Bro? Good to see you. Uh, Kid, Kid Tricks, it says he wanted, he said he wanted Mac and Trey before the trade at 12, not at three. Okay. Okay. Well, still didn't need to be said. Keep it to yourself, <laughs> partner. Hate the game says, what will stop him from improving besides injuries? What will stop him from improving besides injuries? What will lead, who will we lead the league in drops? Um, no, because Kittle and Ayuk are going to get a lot of targets. Did I mention that Ayuk has 37 targets and Kittle has, Ayuk is going to get hella targets this year. I didn't think I, I really want to stress that. This dude is the guy on this team. Anyway, um, what, uh, who, what will stop I would him say injuries through? is the only thing. I, I don't. I just don't foresee him staying stagnant. I The way that he works and, well, and cares about the game, I, I just don't see it. Well, I mean, there's also the coach. Like, Kyle needs to prove that he's he can do this. That he, he's sure. not somehow an impediment to this process. Absolutely. So I guess there's that. I think there's two more. Stephen Pryor says maybe Trey should take a page out of Rogers' book and go to Peru on a hallucinogenic retreat. Work for Aaron, <laughs> two MVPs, just saying. <laughs> Trey's too young. Is his He's so weird, man. Oh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is so weird. So weird. Delby Studio says all quarterbacks around the league are struggling. I think training camp is perfect for mistakes, right? Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo not struggling, though. He has thrown zero incomplete passes in training camp. Zero. Kenny Dr. G's Disrespect, hey, also not struggling. Never heard of that guy. He's there. I'm like, who is this guy? And then I go, he's at 4 million subscribers on YouTube. I'm like, oh, well. And he's throwing 
55 yard passes down the field. They're like, what the hell? He's like six foot six, legitimately. Yeah, he's a tall dude. Yeah, he's a very famous video game player. I bet my I bet my nephew would. I don't. Been so I didn't know who he was spoke. until this. Yeah. I'm gonna ask my nephew if he knows who Doctor Disrespect is. He probably would be way more excited to hang out with him than me. Although, <laughs> probably. Hold on. He, I don't you think you read that comment. Yeah, that was my yeah. Bad. Hey, Grant, love your show. Thanks for being real all the time. What are your thoughts on cornerback uh, Kenny Crawley coming over from the Saints? Uh, he gave up a catch today. I, you know. I mean, he's he's a camp body at this point, so they can yeah. get through it with the injuries. That's really all it is. Jeffrey says, is Sermon and TDP really not better than Wilson? Really? Really? Oh. Wilson is like a, a slightly smaller, more compact, harder running, quicker, more explosive version of Sermon. And uh, TDP, I need to see him in the game because he doesn't have any finesse. He doesn't juke. I mean, I, I've seen him. He just runs hard. And so I want to see how that's going to work. You know, Sermon's trying to make all these cuts. I don't think he's getting anywhere. I think it's basically Wilson. It's it's the same guys as last year. It's Wilson, Mitchell, and Tebow. I, I don't see anything changing that at this point. Wilson just oh. can't stay healthy. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Um, Hold on. Gammon says, how do you not know who the doctor is, a.k.a. The t- do I look like someone who watches other people play video games? No clue. No, I don't play video games myself. R- Sorry, I'm a boomer. Ricky says the other day, Coward says Giants should trade for Jimmy because uh, fights are breaking out between coaches and players at Giants because Jimmy is a winner. Buyer sell his tape. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'd love to see him go try to win with the Giants. I don't think he could. But if they want Here, Here's the thing. is a team that's not competitive and making the playoffs, why? Why pick up a couple extra wins? It doesn't make any sense. To me, yeah, it doesn't make any pace, sense. Like, what are you doing? Okay. It's also it's first year of a head coach. Like you're not on the hot seat. What are you doing? Okay. Right. Right. All right. Let's get off Lance for a second. Let's talk Debo Samuel. You haven't seen him. I don't know if you've seen pictures, video. Uh, to me, he just looks a little bit bigger than he should be. And then on the field, I feel like the results are showing that. Uh, he's caught nine passes, 17 targets, which is way below what he, from, from Lance, which is way below what he should be considering Kittle and Ayuk are catching higher rates. He He's... Try to run deep a lot of times and haven't hasn't made when he has made separation, he's dropped the ball. Other times he hasn't gotten open. I don't know. I mean, it's understandable. He was in a holdout. There was a whole ordeal all offseason. But I'd hate to think that he's the kind of player that was um, you know, in pursuit of a bag, not in pursuit of perfection. Because we grew up on Jerry Rice. And Jerry Rice was the kind of guy who was a legendary practicer. It meant something for him to dominate practices and to be in shape all the time because he was in pursuit of perfection. And to me, that's what we thought Debo was going to be. And I'm not saying he's not, but dude, you had zero catches today. Like I didn't cover Jerry Rice, but I think he would have been pissed if he had a practice like that. And are you? Because you you haven't done it yet. Like show up. Where are you? (laughs) I'm looking for you. I don't see Ayuk's there. Kittle's there. Where are you? You're the best player on the team. They freaking need you, man. If you're going to be like, okay, Debo, this team's going nowhere. So I don't know. They got a month. He's got a month. But this this is like, to me, maybe the biggest story in camp. And no one wants to talk about it because how do you really talk about someone's weight and all this stuff? But it's like, I don't know, man. Debo, play well. Yeah. You know, I think this certainly should be a bigger story. But I'm going to try to give him the benefit of the doubt here. I think it's probably hard to work out fully 
while also trying not to get injured because you do want the bag and the bag's important. I mean, at the end of the day, that's lifetime generational wealth that he's trying to get. You really can't risk it. And so it's like, yeah, you're doing some things to stay not completely out of shape, but you can't go crazy. You can't throw on cleats and get on turf and risk a foot injury. Right. So I'm hoping that, all right, now that they got it figured out, he's obviously working as hard as he can. There's no worry anymore. And that he gets in shape by week one, which I think he will. But if he doesn't and he has a setback from an injury, God forbid, this could be 2020 all over again. So hopefully he can stay healthy while he's getting in shape. And so that way he's just fully ready for the season and can hit the ground running because they are going to need Debo Samuel. I mean, he's a difference maker. To me, Debo and Kittle had something in common. Like what young on the first on the first contract, first contract Kittle, first contract Debo, they were two of the most violent offensive players in the league. And they were two of the hungriest offensive players in the league. And just watching them was like, wow, these guys are throwbacks. They'll do whatever it takes at ultimate team players. And then they get paid. And I don't know about Debo, but I know with Kittle, still a great player, but it's different now. He's a little bit older. He has to protect his investment. It's different. Still a great player. I don't want to see Debo be like that. I want the old Debo back because that Debo was the MVP of the league. I thought, I thought, and if he's going to now be like in self-preservation mode, yikes, that's, that's why maybe you should have traded him for Jameis Williams during the draft. I don't know, but look, this is why Bill Belichick doesn't invest in a lot of second or he used to not invest in a lot of second contract guys. You know, like these are the rich guys. These are the guys that have to wonder like, do I really love football? How much? Or if I do, like, have to weigh that against protecting your investment, which is your body's tough, man. You always want those guys who are out to prove themselves. Debo, please be out to prove yourself because you have more to prove. Which, by the way, Shanahan's done a good job of building a team like that. Unfortunately, when you build a team like that, you do risk a lot of injury. And I got to be honest, I I have a hard time (laughs) figuring it or thinking that Debo's all of a sudden not going to give 100% effort. I mean, this is a guy who (laughs) you look at that Tennessee Titan game. I I mean, that dude was dying on the field. And then again, the NFC championship. I mean, this kid gives everything he has. He's the ultimate competitor. Once he's out there playing, I got to imagine he gives everything he has. But (laughs) The difference, here's why I bring this up. It's like, it's not like we're talking about Nick Bosa, okay? Nick Bosa has injury issues too, but no one has ever, he's never come into camp being like, hey, Bosa's got 10 pounds on, I look like, right? He's not that guy. Debo did in 2020. Debo did in 2020. In 2019, he looked great. 2021, he looked great. 2020, he was like 230. Now he had a broken foot, but he's done this before, and I hope he doesn't do it again. I, I think... The Niners were hoping 2020 was an, aber- an aberration, but they had these questions, which is why this whole process got so weird. It's not going to get weird with Bosa. They've already said Bosa's been a pro since he was three. They have no, literally no questions about Bosa other than him getting rolled up or whatever. So with Debo, they do have these questions. They exist. Debo, prove us wrong. You yeah, the only question you have about Bosa are his muscles too big and to rip apart tendons Correct. and ligaments. Like that's Correct. basically it. It's yeah. crazy. That dude's, yeah. he's, yeah, something different. Yeah. Mark says, Grant, how is Debo's butt looking? <laughs> you can imagine. 
Use your imagination, Mark. <laughs> Jeff says, are we not going to offer J.C. Treader because he's a part of the Players Association? I don't understand why you aren't addressing this issue. Possible. He is the he is the president of the Players Association. He wrote an, uh, a column up for their website. You can read it on how uh, agents should push for fully guaranteed contracts. Maybe J.C. Treader wants a fully guaranteed contract. We'll see. I'm sure he does. And he, I mean, there's a precedent. Uh, precedent to be set by him being the leader of the players organization. And he's a guy who does have knees that are kind of shot. So while he will play, he's not going to practice. And I find it hard pressed that any team's going to give him a lot of guaranteed money past a year, which he's probably going to hold out until somebody becomes really, really desperate. AKA the bucks were very close today with their second center going down. I guess it was just cramps but it could have been bad. Matthew Sanders says easy for Belichick to do that with the GOAT quarterback famous for distributing passes to the entire core. Brady would throw to a cheerleader if it meant a TD. Well, yeah. What's wrong with that? Of course he would. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs> uh, Joe says uh, great, great camp coverage. I feel like Juice will have his best and most impacting season yet. Yeah, that's an underrated storyline. Just Juice getting the ball. That's all. They Also, today, a lot of third down stuff. A lot of Juice on the field. It took him six years to figure out that he's a good blocker and receiver. Like, why, why is Hasty the third down? It should be use check. That's one hundred percent. Hasty, what? Hasty. I mean, Hasty's like explosive and stuff, but he never catches the ball or blocks anyone. So, like, he's freaking use checks the guy, man. He should be. Should be. Uh, last one. Hold on, one more. Nope, that was it. Okay, moving on. What questions do you have about the 49ers team roster, whatever that you think will be answered Friday night when they play the Packers? Man, I, I don't know if we're going to fully get these answers, but a couple things that I'll be looking for is who's that third receiver? Like is, is Ray Ray really making a push and is Jennings letting the ball slip through his hands quite literally and losing that position that we thought he was a lock for? Also, the running back position, how does that play out? That's going to be a big, big key. Sounds like Elijah Mitchell is going to be the number one guy, but at least one of these guys is going to get cut, possibly two. And if that's the case, who are those players going to be? In fact, it's going to be two. And they have six guys right now that yeah. legit should or could make this roster and could make a lot of rosters. Guys that may and probably won't slip through and make it to the practice squad. So, who are they willing to lose? Is it a Wilson because he's older and on a one-year deal? Is it a Hasty because really he's a third down guy and maybe they go use check? Is it Sermon because he's not developing the way that they hope? Is it Mason because he's the undrafted guy? Those are questions that I'm looking to be answered. We're not going to get the answers 100%, but we're certainly going to see a little bit of a glimpse into who these guys really are. And running backs, I think, are the players that you really, really, really benefit from the most of having pads and playing a real game and seeing what they really are, because these practices, you're not really going to get to see that a lot. The games is where you're going to see who the real running backs are. Yeah. It feels like the moment of truth. I mean, when you watch practices, you get glimpses of things here and there, but you don't really know. And you'll see, yep. you know, who, who breaks tackles, who's fast, who, uh, who shies away from contact, uh, who can get the edge. Um, all those things who plays fast, who's, who's courageous. I want to see that, but also moment of truth for the offensive line. Mm. You know, they're not going to be game planning, but one-on-one's a one-on-one. 
A reach block's a reach block. Uh, I don't even expect Trent Williams to play, but what does Aaron Banks look like? Have we even seen him in a, in a pre- we've seen him in one preseason game ever. What does Aaron Banks look like? What does Brenda look like? What does Brunskill look like? What does Burford look like in a real game? Those are all questions I have because I think Niner fans should be really concerned about left guard and center. I think the Niners should be really concerned about that. Right guard right now seems promising. If Trent Williams is not going to play, and I assume that he's not, I also would prefer that Lance didn't play. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, you know what I mean? I It's already going to be shaky up the middle. Uh, I personally don't want to see it, but he also has to get his reps, okay. so it's kind of How many like, design quarterback runs is Kyle going to call for Trey Lance? In the <laughs> he Hopefully didn't do that last year, did he? None, right? Uh, no, I don't, I don't remember. I don't, uh, no, I don't think so. I can't remember, actually. Did he did he keep it and run in preseason? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I feel like line. they didn't. Yeah. Offensive line. Also, nickel corner. And not only nickel corner, but corner depth, right? They don't have Mosley. They don't have Ward. So now we're really going to get a full competition of the rest of the guys because they have four or five guys that really could be the extra guys that make this team. Let's assume that Verrett's ready for week one. He's a lock. But he's also not playing in any of these games. So these other guys that are playing, who gets cut? Who doesn't make it? Are they willing to cut an Ambry Thomas if he's not good enough? I mean, you spent a third-round pick on him last year. I'm curious to see what moves they make in that secondary. And then also, Frank, we got to bring up Trey Lance. I mean, let's be honest. We're, we, when this game is over, we're going to spend most of our time in the instant reactions talking about how Lance looks. So yeah. that's, and I don't know that we're going to get a lot of questions answered, but does he look ready? Does he look confident? How does he look compared to last year? Because ultimately these training camp practices, no one cares when they start doing the preseason games. I'm curious, like, how does he look? Does he look just like, because last year in preseason, what we saw was throwing too hard on the, on, the, on the short stuff, him being responsible for some of those drops, but then also him getting into a groove, having some really nice passes in LA and then getting hurt. So, uh, what does he look like compared to last year in games? I want to see that. Yeah. I mean, does he look one thing that I've said about Trey is it's organized chaos. That's what I felt like we were Mm -hmm. watching a lot with him. Mm -hmm. Does he look more calm, cool and collected in the pocket? Like that he belongs there and he knows what he's looking at and the game has quote unquote slowed down for him. I'm curious to see that. Cause Kyle is all about, uh, he was telling us that you can really develop a quarterback on the bench. And I'm always I'm sure there are certain certain things you can teach a quarterback when he's not playing. But I always feel like it's better to play. So, OK, dude's been here. All right. He, he learned your system. It's a tough system to learn. Right. You're too. Let's let us let's see it, man. Show us him executing. Because it's hard yeah. to see him execute in practice when the offensive line's getting beat and the wide receivers aren't getting open. Like, how do you really execute? What do you do? Throw to cover receivers, throw picks. You don't. You scramble. You buy time. So. Let's see. Can you actually can this offense execute pass plays on time this year? I'd like to see it. They can sometimes. The play action bootleg stuff, get them out of the pocket, but quick throws, quick game. Can they do that? You you touched on something real briefly there. Did they make the right decision by setting Lance last year? Right? How I much growth no. does he have to make? We I'd don't like know. to know. Sean says, I'm older. I watched Terrell Owens transform from quiet professional playmaker to Debo. I'm seeing signs in Debo. Is Debo, is Debo the Debo in our future? We, I don't, we'll see. I hope but I know what you're talking about. And Terrell Owens, the difference was Jerry Rice left. 
When Jerry Rice was here, this was Jerry's team. And T.O. was the number two receiver. And you have to respect Jerry. Then Jerry left and T.O. became the number one receiver. And, I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame. But I felt that he was, like, the worst teammate of all time. I, every game, he'd have 13 targets. He'd be like, I didn't get the ball enough. Jeff Garcia is bum. The offensive coordinator is a bum. <laughs> it's like, wow. And no one ever does stuff like that in the NFL anymore. Um, he used to do it all the time. I thought it was messed up. And then he Antonio got- Brown made a run at it. He tried to be like that. <laughs> For a Hall of Fame wide receiver, a whole bunch of teams got rid of him during his prime. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I'll say, though, too, is that one thing that we didn't question, though, about Terrell Owens was his work ethic. That was never in question. Ever. That's a good point. And he would always make this like, oh, like, you're questioning me. Why don't you come check me out? Look at these sit-ups. Check out my six-pack. Like, <laughs> in a driveway. Here, like, Debo's over here like like the the dude wearing the t-shirt in the shallow wind. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's not the same look. That's all I'm saying. Debo I, was, I remember TO was the original DK. Yeah. I, I remember I remember TO catch two crying right after multiple drops in the game. Very humble oh, kid. Remember. He was he not that to, guy. He went up to Mariucci. I was a huge Niner fan back then. And he went up to Mooch after the game and was crying and thanking him for believing in him and going back to him because he had dropped a few passes earlier. Yep. Three years later, he'd flip out if he only got 13 targets. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. Great player, though. And I maintain yeah. he was better than Moss because Moss was straight. They would call a pattern where Moss would have to run over the middle. He would just run some other route, and he'd be like, no, no, no. He ran, like, two routes. Really good at those, but I'm good. Yeah. Right. Owens was tough. Three more, and then we'll move. Hold on. Can two running backs be traded for two alignment? Realistic. No. Running backs are a dime a dozen, and offense alignment are very hard to come by. Sorry. Steven says, what kind of numbers would Ayuk need to put up to compel Niners to sign another huge contract? I think that's going to be a story for next offseason. Wide receiver market has gone wild. Doesn't seem hopeful. Yeah, but if the Niners are over here throwing 20 passes a game, Ayuk just won't get enough targets to get Debo money, and he's not going to play running back. So that's one way they can sort of suppress Ayuk's value is – Run, run 40 times a game. They might. Well, also two things are, are at play here. One, he was drafted in the first round, unlike Debo. So he has a fifth year option that they get to take advantage of. True. And Debo's on a three-year deal. When he's in the last year of that deal, that'll be Ayuk's first year of his deal. So they can make it work. Also, as, as we've seen, Ayuk's not going to get re-signed next year. Just like Bosa isn't getting extended this year. Ayuk's extension, if it happens, will be two years from now. Right? For sure. Mark says yes. surprise final cut other than Jimmy. Hyder? Hmm. It's a good one. It's a good one. Jeff Wilson? Sermon. I think Jeff Wilson is good and is going to make this team. I think he looks like 2020 Jeff Wilson to me. But we'll, again, we shall, we'll see that in the preseason. You think there's any shot they cut Ambry Thomas? Because that would be a surprise. He would be, yeah, Mark. Yeah, he's in the running for Zakel. But, I mean, Zakel, Zakel wouldn't be surprised a sixth round. Yeah. yeah. Johns George says, has Sudfield or Purdy played with the ones? No. 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 Double B Studio says, I'm sipping coffee out of my quality control. Hey, nice. And, yes, coffee because it's raining here in Sedona. I hear Sedona's really nice. My mom went there, said it was gorgeous. Gnarly thunderstorms in Arizona. Just like here in Tampa, actually. Okay, let's talk Jimmy Garoppolo, but not in relation to Trey Lance. 
So I think most Niner fans have given up on the idea, the hope that the Niners could ever trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think the Niners have given up on it. And I think they've quietly been confident that Cleveland's going to come around this whole time. I think that this is what this is all about. Yeah, I mean, they don't want to just cut him and let him go to Seattle. But I think they really think they're going to trade him to Cleveland. Because I think they think there's no way the NFL doesn't extend this Deshaun Watson suspension to a full season. The, the, the judge came out and made it six games, but she laid out all this evidence that was damning. And the NFL is pointing to it and saying, all these things are the things that we found and we feel the right thing to do is extend the suspension. It feels like that's what the rest of the country wants. And uh, it would be outrageous and co probably controversial if that doesn't happen. And if and when it does, the Niners will be waiting for the Browns' desperate phone call. I think that's what they're banking on. Yeah, I, I think that that's the hope, right? But the problem with that is, is that these things can drag out. Like, okay, so if the league says we're going to suspend you for a year, they can go to court with it. And then really the suspension, whatever it is, whether it's six games a year, whatever, doesn't even happen till next season. Like there's, there is a possibility that Watson plays this whole year and is suspended next season. That's crazy. If this gets drug out. So I don't think, again, the Browns are the one team that if, they get it figured out. Certainly would still make a lot of sense. I just don't see it happening, man. I think he's going to get cut. But yeah, they're, they're, they are definitely holding out hope for something. And that's fine. I mean, at this point, you're not... It, it's whatever, you know? He, I, I, John Lynch said something. He said, I, I believe there's going to be a great ending for both sides with us and Jimmy, just the way there was with us and Debo. It's like, when you cut him... What does that even mean? Like, what are you talking about? So... And John isn't like a bullshit artist. Like John, when John and Kyle say something on, on the record, to me, it feels like they think they, they, they're telling the truth. So where is this confidence coming from? You really think the NFL is going to bail you out with this Watson thing and, and, and Cleveland's going to call? Well, I can't rule it out. It's a possibility, but I'd be surprised if uh, even if, okay, let's say Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the year and there isn't, there isn't an appeal of that and he actually can't play. If you were Cleveland, would you trade for one year Jimmy Garoppolo and pay him $27 million? Or would you like sign Colin Kaepernick or sign Cam Newton or roll with Jacoby Brissett? What would you do? I I would sign Jimmy. Now, if this was three months ago, I'd probably look into like a cap. Not Cam, I think Cam shot. Maybe I would have looked into somebody else. But for me, Jimmy Garoppolo knows that offense. Like he's the one guy that can come in day one and run that offense because he's played in it. Essentially he's played in a more extended version of it under Shanahan. So he's the one guy that, you know, as a head coach, who's probably on the hot seat, if they don't get to the playoffs this year, if that's the case, then guess what? Jimmy Garoppolo is your guy. So I would probably be calling for Jimmy. This is a good point though. If he, is. if he appeals and yep. is suspended next year, let me just look at the cap. The base salary. Oh, it's significant. It's, I mean, yeah. it's, we're talking about a difference of like 30, 40 million dollars. Yeah. yeah. So, real quick, his base salary this year is $1 million. If he miss, if he gets suspended this year, I think this was by design. He doesn't lose that much money. Next year, his base salary is $46 million. Yeah. That's a great point. No, that's a great point. So, he, great he point. He may not want to. And honestly, if the, if the NFL suspends him for a full year, even though 
he was never charged with a crime? Would there be a lot of people being like, this is outrageous. Deshaun Watson's a victim. Some would, but no. I don't think a lot of people would. No. I wouldn't. No. No. What did the NFL say? Predatory behavior? That came out of Rod- Roger Goodell's mouth, right? Four instances. Predatory behavior. I, how you let him... How how? And that's the same as, as PDs? I don't think so. Four instances. I, f- I feel like there was some people that were in the Watson corner, like after he wasn't convicted. And I feel like even that group has started to sway towards like, uh, yeah, I can't defend him anymore. Right. I mean, obviously criminal uh, courts, you need evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. There's no way you're going to get that, but this is different. This is more like preponderance of the evidence. Right. And based on that, that. I mean, that's why he had to settle. That's why he's looking at a suspension. When you look at the preponderance of the evidence, it looks really bad. And all he has to say is I didn't do it. There's no like counter evidence or counter. It's, yeah. I didn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's one word versus the other. There's no yeah. physical evidence. I mean, that you know. So I mean, it's it. it's, I understand why I didn't why he didn't get charged with a, with a crime, but I also understand why he settled a bunch of thirty, and is probably going to get suspended for the full year. I get it, and I I think the Niners probably correctly duped this out, but I still don't know if Cleveland will give him that phone call. I still don't know if they will. We'll see. Good. Maybe. I would. I again. I would. And you. I mean, you know what I think of Jimmy, right? But I'm certainly making that call. He's certainly an upgrade over what they've got. He's a guy that can step in day one. They are the one team that can afford the full amount and still carry over money next year. Yeah, I man. would definitely make that call. I mean, I think that's what John and Kyle think, and I, I, I can see it. Because, like, look, if you just roll with Brissett for a whole year, I mean, you be honest, you're not making the playoffs. Be honest. No. And you should because you're a good team with hell players in their prime and a lot of highly – like you can't afford to just throw away a year. You got to make something happen this year, even without Watson. So, yeah, you probably should trade Jimmy. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, guys, Kyle and John could actually come out of here looking smart. Maybe. There is still a possibility where they come out of this looking like, hey, you know what? We were patient. You guys weren't. We got something. What do you think they get? If that's that's it. Okay, I'm glad you asked that because yeah. that's the other problem. They gave up a lot to go get Watson. They don't have the assets. I mean, we're yeah. probably talking about something similar to the Baker trade, maybe a fifth that could escalate to a fourth next year. Like that's a player. That a player. Kareem what, Hunt. Like Kareem Hunt. Yeah. If I'm the 49ers, I'm not taking Kareem Hunt. I'm not paying Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt has has had his own issues in the past. Let's let's be clear about that. Two, he was gonna want a lot of money. And three, that means that's another running back that you like that you're having to cut. I'm not taking Kareem Hunt. I'm not taking a single player unless I think it's somebody that can help me and there's not a lot of money. So, But here's the other way to look at it. Would you rather have a six-round pick or Kareem Hunt? Six-round pick. Huh? Fair. I'm, Kareem? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, bud. I'm good ass. Yeah, you're a running back. Law Office of Grant and Jesse, says Jonathan Chavez. <laughs> I like it. I got compared to Johnny Cochran earlier, so that's pretty – that's high praise. High praise. Yeah. Thank you. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. I yeah. get it. it oh, you know, look, can I say this real quick too? Coach Coach doesn't like me very much. He's got it out for me. I Ever since I said that I didn't think that Trent Williams should have been signed and they – you know, who's a great player again, I still I stand the same by thing. that. 
So maybe he doesn't right. like me either. I, actually, what I learned to coach, he his comments come across much more um, antagonistic than he really is. He's like me. He does it all with a smile. He's a he's a nice guy. And he's no, uh, he I is a nice guy. No, no. Yeah. By the way, disagreement doesn't mean that we can't. Um, he yeah. disagrees with us a lot of the time, yeah. and he 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 brings the heat. He brings the high hard stuff in the comment section, yeah. which I appreciate. It's the big leagues. I mean, listen, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. You don't have to like me. I just I'm just calling a spade a spade. I don't think he likes me, and that's okay. You're my cup of tea, Jesse. Thank you, Grant. I'll <laughs> I'll always be Grant's cup of tea. That's good. You're my. That's cup important of tea. to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's up with Frank Gore? You know, you know, I, I've I, I've gone I've covered football for 12 years. Let's just wait. I'm not condoning. I'm not. He was accused of something. Dude, athletes get accused every day. Let's just For wait. Sure. Let's just wait. I have no idea what happened. I haven't looked at the facts. More information will come out and we'll talk about it at that time. But yeah. I mean, dudes get accused every day. I, I want to know a little bit more before I say something that I can't take back. Yeah, right? I, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say something, but I'm not going to go too far. If it is what they said it is, that's extremely disappointing to say the least. But yes, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold back in my judgment. I'll say one more thing too. A lot of people said, you know, throughout the years that I covered Gore, man of high character, yada yada yada. Great. You don't know, okay? Journalists don't know athletes. You don't. They don't. You don't. They don't invite you over. You're not friends with them. You you know like five percent of them. And so I, I, with Gore, no one knows. We'll find out. I don't want to hear people say, "Oh, I know Gore." I've got. No, you don't know Gore. What I know is that my dad told me this. The, notoriously the most um liked praised helpful friendly athlete of the 70s oj simpson mm. oj so you know niceness like whatever you think you know in your five minute one-on-one -on -one interview you don't know you know that was a business interaction uh so i'm just saying like we'll see but i've seen a lot of times where you'd be like oh not that guy or something happens of course he would do it but he didn't you know what I mean? Like Reuben Foster, he got in trouble. Oh, yeah. He didn't do it. So, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you have these, you think you know these people, you don't know any of them. So, yeah. Let's, let's, I mean, you, you, it's usually the guys that you're like so shocked about. Those are the, also the best con artists, right? Like they know how to put on a, a exactly a show. And exactly. The most charming. Up, so, yep. psychos often are charming. Not that I'm calling yes. anyone a psycho, but I'm just yep. saying. Yep. I watched Dexter. Uh, the Mech says, can you talk about tight end two and three, please? Who is good? So far, it's clearly Dwelly and Croft. Those are two and three, however you want it. Those guys yeah. get reps with the ones, look good in one-on-ones. Um, they beat Hafunga in one-on-ones. Eventually, Warner will come back, and they like him because he's a good blocker, and they're run first team. Like, Dwelly isn't a good blocker. He's a – he tries. You can, that's the best thing you can say about him is he tries. He gives the darndest effort. And I don't know about Croft. Um, this is a team that could keep – Four tight ends because it's a team that's going to run a lot. They're going to have heavy goal line packages. Could be four, but those are the guys. Tanner Hudson, I don't think he's one of the guys. I feel bad for Matthews because I feel like he had a real shot at, at making the team. I really do because I'm not – I don't think any of these tight ends are anything to write home about other than Kittle. And I think Matthews had an outside shot at actually making it. So. Yeah, I don't know if Matthews can actually block anyone, but Jordan Reed couldn't block anyone. The Niners gave him all kind of snaps. So, yeah. Right. I, at least Matthews had some juice uh, mm -hmm. at that position. Like Dwelly, I like Dwelly, but I mean, he's the slowest tight end in the NFL, maybe. And then you got Croft, who's like not much faster. So it's too bad that the Niners didn't like haven't ever invested in the tight end position ever. 
because if they have like a second tight end, they could take a little off of George Kittle's plate because he's a great player. He just gets hurt. And now you're telling me he, like he's 28. You need to reduce the workload so he continue to be great. But no, no, this year he needs. Pfft, no, I mean, he's the only guy who's dominant. He needs 150 targets. Like, because I'm sorry. So nothing is dwelling though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, again, I think, I think dwelling in another offense could probably flourish. I just don't think this is the offense for him, unfortunately. That's why the Niners keep him, man. They have these players. They don't, I don't like, we don't know what to do with him, but if we cut him, we know someone else will. So, Right. Hold on to him and never give him the ball. But <laughs> right, right. I like watching the one-on-ones. It's, it's, that's how he got my eye a few years ago. He always wins. Like he's so slow, but he's huge. And he has this little wiggle at the top of his route. He pushes off just a little bit and he catches uh passes way outside his frame. And he's like, How do you stop that? It's like trying to stop Kareem's skyhook. It's just hard to, to contest that. You don't have to be fast to get open. You do not have. I mean, Anquan Bolton made a career out of getting open and not being fast. As long as you are strong at the catch point and there are little tricks that you can use. That's it. And he's got it. He gives this little. I mean, Tart couldn't cover him. Hafunga can't cover him. No one can cover him. You'd think they throw to him in the red zone, but Kyle has just so many genius plays that it's like he can't get there. But eventually. They might. By the way, those are the guys that age well, the ones that were never uber athletic. Like as things start to fade for them, it's all the same. They're like, I've always been slow. What do you mean? All I'm saying is I do quality control now for everyone because no one pays me. And 49ers, if you cut Ross, Tampa signed Ross Dwelly and watch what Tom Brady does with him in the red zone. Watch. That's all I'm saying. Tampa, that's they got, uh, they got, uh, what's his name? Rudolph? Is that it from they Minnesota? They still have OJ yeah. Howard? I feel like OJ Howard went somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Would you consider hosting a fantasy football? No. I should. <laughs> he doesn't do fantasy. fantasy football because it takes a lot of time and then I lose. So it's like time I didn't want to spend and then I lose. And everyone's like, oh, you're the expert, huh? 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 I'm like, it's gambling. I don't know. Well, the what's team, happen yeah. In the future? No, I, hate it. I can't stand it. I'll do something though. Like that's a good idea, but I, I want to give do some giveaways and stuff. Anyway, that's what I'm going to do. We'll do. You got merch to give away, man. What are merch. we talking about? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. All right, guys. Uh, that's the show. Jesse, give me an hour fifteen. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Anytime. Anything you want to plug on the way out? Last second sports. We're making a push for six K. So go subscribe over there, man. And listen, even if you are like the coach and you hate me, you can hate me over there. Yeah. Hate me over there also. That's all I'm saying. I like the coach. He brings um, dramatic tension to streams. Dramatic tension. I like that. I love his call-ins. I love his call because he's always got a bone to pick with you. He's always. I like that. Yeah. I like that. He's always going to hold you accountable, which I, you know, I'm all for it too. That makes for good TV. For sure it does. I think you figured that out. Coach, Jesse, everyone else, thanks for watching. Take care. See you later.